welcome to the kickoff for this winter's podcast. This is actually, this is sort of the run the whites, meet ski the whites, and the transition shoulder season that we have here. And it's an opportunity to talk about running, talk about skiing, talk about health, how we can prepare ourselves to have a great, you know, successful winter, whatever activities we're doing. Hillary, my partner of how many years now, 11 or so, I've told her that she can hop on this podcast anytime she wants. And this, this seemed like a very appropriate time to do so as she comes from a, a athletic background, professional background as a, as a ski racer, made the U.S. ski team and went on to go to college at UVM. She went into her professional career as uh, getting her doctorate, her becoming a doctor of physical therapy, DPT. And that started, that path started in the, you know, 2007, eight, 2008, I would say. She started doing, finishing her undergrad requirements. And she's, it's crazy to think that here we are in 2020, going to 2021, and she's finally gone out on her own to start her own business, her own career after putting her time in working for another business, but becoming established here in the Mount Washington Valley as an expert in, in her craft. And then also just a role model for a lot of the athletes around a lot of the non-athletes. She's now a coach as well. So she has a team she's building slowly. And then she helps out with me and all my events and ski the whites and running, running with run the whites. And it's been a, a lot of fun. It's been a crazy journey along the way to end up where we are here in Jackson, New Hampshire. So I will let her talk a little bit about about this and not not steal the show. But thanks, Hillary. Appreciate you taking the time to hop on the podcast. Thank you. That was it was fun to hear that you know sort of story of the last twelve years of us together and then everything before. It is pretty nuts to think back to when we were both living in California and. 2008, nine, and, you know, and you were into surfing and I was just maybe going to go to physical therapy school and, and then we've come back here and it's been, uh, we were just chatting recently about how everything we've done and it's been cool to look back on how we've changed like individually and professionally and then together as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, well, back up, back up, uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll leave this a little bit cause I first met you through ski racing back when I was, this is Buddy Warner League level, like 12, 13. That's when we first crossed paths. And, um, you know, I, I sort of phased out of ski racing, but you were a phenom. And so you've had this different, you know, your life has been, you know, being the best at what you do at such an early age, phasing out of that and then getting into professional life, um, lead off with your ski racing career and just, I guess, give me five minutes of that. I know okay. you could, you can talk a lot about it, but I, I just want the, the listeners to know that like, there's a reason why you're one of the best, you know, you are one of the best skiers in the Valley hands down. And it's, you know, I, a ton of people look up to you and watch you ski for, and ask you for advice and technique. And maybe we'll leave a couple tidbits or or how to reach out or how to become better skiers. But talk about your ski experience growing up here, you know, in the Vermont, New Hampshire mm -hmm. 
Maine region. Yeah. So I grew up in Southern Vermont at Mount Snow. We lived in Wilmington and my dad has, was a kind of a lifer ski industry um, dad. He worked at Mount Snow and then subsequently when we moved to Waterville and Sunday River. So from as long as I can remember, weekends in the winter were at the mountain and that's just what we did. And we loved it. And at Mount Snow, I was introduced just to being able to go skiing, that freedom that you could be with a bunch of other eight-year-olds and take off in a group and not have to worry about parents. And I think that's when I fell in love with skiing and, you know, what it provided in a, in like an, you know, to be an individual and get out there and go fast and have fun. And so I really looked forward to weekends going and skiing with my crew and, you know, started to ski race there. And then when I was 12, we moved to Waterville Valley and that's where there's a ski academy. And I really clicked with the coaches there, Peter Anderson and Tom Barbeau led a pretty incredible program there, um, with just kind of alternative conditioning and that I've learned to appreciate since I've become a physical therapist on how that taught incredible movement patterns and, and, you know, more functional strength than just pure strength, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but I ended up going to Waterville Valley Academy and that's where things really started to take off. I made it to like the first, I went, I went to an international race, Whistler cup when I was 14 and podiumed in the super G and I think I was like top five in the GS and I, maybe I fell on the slalom, but that was a very quick sudden eye opener to the fact that there was something there and I had, you know, I could compete on an international level, which was really cool at such a young age. And then things pretty kind of escalated pretty quickly from there. Um, when I was 16, I made the U S ski team. And so that's pretty young looking back on it, but just an incredible opportunity for a 16 year old to start traveling and see the world and, you know, start to meet people from all over and basically eat, eat, sleep and breathe ski racing. And, and that was really awesome. So I did that until I was almost 21 and got a little burnt out and decided to go to college. And so I deferred from UVM and I went to UVM and I raced there for four years, which was for me, you know, sort of a, a way to phase out from ski racing. It was pretty fun sort of coming home to the New England ski community because I'd had all these friends that I'd ski raced against until I made the ski team and then I'd, you know, kind of taken off and, and, um, hadn't seen them in a long time and came back and they were all racing on the, in the Eastern collegiate circuit. So that was really fun. I had a blast racing in college. And then, and then I was, you know, wanted to get a tad of Dodge. I spent a winter coaching at Stowe, the J fours, and that was really fun. And then moved to California. My sister lived in Oakland. She had just had twins. And so it was a good opportunity to head out there. I, I was nannying and, and that's when I decided to go to PT school. And that's right around when I re-met Andrew. Um, he went to high school and college with my brother. So I, I have known him, you know, as my brother's friend for a long time. And then at my brother's wedding, we hit it off as kind of cliche as that is. And we were both happened to be living in California at the time. And that whole... This whole thing started then. Um, and then 
went to physical therapy school in Oakland and then moved down to San Diego for a year after school. And then we both realized that California was fun, but it wasn't home. And we thought we'd give the East Coast a try. So I think of that as like, you know, this first phase. I don't know. And I look back on what's happened since then. It's like I had my ski racing career and then physical therapy school. And then we moved back here. And I feel like since we moved back here, there's been this really incredible, I feel like growth in terms of um, like re rebirth of my like athletic career, but in a completely different way that I would never have predicted. And that's been really neat. And like you were saying, in conjunction with, um, physical therapy, they've tied, they've sort of meshed together in a way that has become pretty, pretty cool. And, and that's where it's led me to today to opening my own physical therapy practice. So I guess I should explain what all that is, but Basically, we moved back east. We'd been a little bit of running. I'd done a half marathon. I think you'd done similar distance, maybe once or twice, but nothing significant. I didn't consider myself a runner. You know, as a ski racer, downhill alpine ski racer, everything's a sprint. So we never did anything aerobic. It was just power and sprinting. And so I hadn't ever been exposed to anything long or, you know, anything with like, pace we always I would run three miles as hard as I could and I'd be exhausted so I never thought I could do more than that so we moved back here and you know we kind of together caught the triathlon you got into the triathlon thing and then really quickly shifted into running ultras and long distance which are things that I never would have considered could be possible with just being a ski racer and we get so beat up and no one I knew ran like you know people biked and so it was pretty cool to to train for these things and start to develop like an endurance base and, you know, have some moments where like with, you know, excelling in it. And and that was fun to to be back into a, a kind of a new sport and enjoy learning and, and figuring out the process. So that's from the running side because <laughs> I can keep going. And then Go for it. and then. Yeah. Just the whole backcountry skiing. I mean, I'd skinned twice, I think, before we moved back east, twice visiting Andrew's brother up in Alaska. So that wasn't anything I had a experience in. And, you know, if you're a ski racer, you'll get this where, you know, the the best feeling and still one of my favorite sensations is making like a really nicely powerful arced like GS turn. And so when we go out and we go skiing, if you're not in powder, you know, all we do is set railroad tracks down the trail and that's kind of all we know. And so moving back to the New Hampshire backcountry scene, you know, it's you skin up a hiking trail, you ski back down that hiking trail or, you know, this is even before Granite Backcountry started glading and or you went up on Mount Washington and skied some some of the like really, really steep terrain in the bowl in the ravine. So it was it was a learning experience because I. I wanted to go up there and like set railroad tracks down everything and you can't right like the the terrain is a mess you're on totally different equipment and it was it was a little humbling at first and but neat to have to like re relearn how to approach skiing in a way and how 
a lot of times you're skiing to get down, you're skiing to be safe and you know, you're on the edge a little bit because the conditions are so variable, but really sort of taking a completely different approach to skiing yet, you know, it's, it's all I've ever done, but it's in a completely different like scope. And, and that's been neat. I think it was refreshing for me to get into skiing in a different, um, medium essentially. And it's been just really fun watching everything that's happened here in the last six, six years, right? Like with Ski the Whites and just the momentum of backcountry skiing and meeting so many awesome people, you know, I get scared every year up, up in the steep stuff and then you ski it and you're like, Oh yeah, I know, I know what I'm doing. And so it's cool. It's, it's, it keeps you, keeps you trying. And so anyway, that's been like this whole, like the last six years being in New Hampshire has been really, really impactful and, and meaningful when, you know, you reflect on it. That's a lot. lot. (laughs) There's a lot. I mean, that's like a, when you break it down, you had your ski early like professional ski career mm-hmm. followed by college which is i would say it's like it was more fun ski racing mm-hmm. for you but probably a little frustrating too because you still you got to marry your 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 passion for skiing with like the fun scene of college but at the same time you must have been looking around and still questioning about what if i was still on the u.s ski team and racing at that high level because you obviously had a lot of that when you move back here still Mm -hmm. and it's like it's hard to I mean I've watched it it's hard to give up hard not to put yourself into that what if mentality but what's been really exciting and and fun to watch is the progression of like this other chapter so we moved back here and we didn't have as you mentioned didn't have strong ties to the west coast and coming back here allowed us to you know have this new perspective which is really important anyone that grows up in these smaller communities needs to get some perspective and travel and see see the world through a different lens and um, as cliche as that is it's there's a lot of truth behind it but coming back here knowing that we love it here we both we both grew up here but having no clue what we'd really end up be be doing because it seemed like you were always on the path for physical therapy because it was like anyone, it was the path of least resistance. It seemed like, oh, I'm athletic. Oh, I'm I can be an athletic trainer, or I like I'm interested in how the body works. Could be a physical therapist. I'm gonna be a physical right. therapist. Mm-hmm. It just it's one of those. I'm gonna take the job that seems right at the time. So again, we come back here, and it was like starting in a way. It's starting from scratch and the unknown, but it was also exciting. It was exciting to be in the White Mountains, and we'd visited back here several times to know that we really do love it here and we love the fact that we can always go hike and explore the mountains and for me it was I grew up here and I took I just didn't really take much um, control of where I was going or what I was doing it was just this is the the school group I'm going out with this is the camp group I'm going out with I, I know I like it and you just followed kind of the leader and yeah and so watching and this is like where I give you a ton of credit was like you were motivated to do some of these athletic things and it, that it works both ways where I get inspired by what you do and you get inspired by what I do. And then we just keep kept going on that path. Mm-hmm. But that first year back, you did mountain meisters. Yeah. Right. Like you were, I never thought I'd ever put a, G- a, a GS suit on again and be like ski gates after college. 
and be competitive. Like you, you still had that competitive edge where you were, you got upset if you didn't. I got really (laughs) ski well, and by ski well, it's like beating the guys or you know beating beating the women. But um, it was just like it's funny how you get caught up in what you're doing, but how you sort of moved away from that and mm-hmm. like what really interests you intrigued you in the wintertime stuff was like the backcountry started to interest you more. And then in the summertime, the trail running stuff started to interesting, interest you more. But, um, going back to when you talk about the trail running and picking up a new sport, what was, I mean, explain, just give that, like d- talk about oh, that a little sorry. more about how, like, what was the moment where you realized that you really like trail running mm-hmm. or running in general and then what were like, what were some of the highs and lows? Because not everything's a success. No. And that's the thing. The beauty of ultra running is, is that it's so unpredictable. Right. There's so many variables. So I had no intention of running or racing really until on a whim. It was almost like I was bet to do this, the wild man triathlon that I had done as a team actually with my parents when I was in college. So I knew what it was. It's a run, bike, hike. I'm not a swimmer. I sink. So, so a triathlon for me was never something I was interested in. And so I did that with like no training. I'd been biking a little bit that first summer and running a little bit and cramped. I cramped hiking up wildcat for the first time in my life, but it was, that was sort of the gateway. We've, we've, we've shared this and maybe other stories, but that was what, really piqued your interest you were there cheering me on and you're like why am I not doing these things and so then Andrew took a short little trip down triathlon triathlon world you know you did some sprints some Olympic distance and then you did a half Ironman and then that was your gateway into doing the Vermont 50 mile race so Andrew signed up for the Vermont 50 I went to cheer him on and that was my first time I'd ever been at an ultra race. And I w- was watching all walks of life, people just out there for the day running. And I was more intrigued by the 50 K and I thought, huh, like if these people can do that, then I can maybe do that. But I always had this, like my excuse in my head was, Oh, well I bet I would never get through the training because my knees will start hurting. I had like tendonitis issues when I was ski racing. And so I basically, I sort of treated myself like a PT patient and I got a book and I tried to do all the like stability work and prehab everyone's talking about now as sort of like this test to see if I could follow a plan and then do it. And so the next year I signed up and I did for the Vermont 50K, trained all summer, had a blast. Like it was really, it's really satisfying to start meeting these like distance um, PRs, right? Like, oh, I ran 10 miles for the first time this weekend. And then when you, once you start doing that consistently, it feels pretty good. So I enjoyed that. And then I went and I raced 50 K and had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, you had given me some advice and I somehow ran the whole race and then moved into first with like a mile to go and ended up winning, which was like, my goal was to finish and not, not like bonk. And so that was kind of nuts that, to have that happen my first time. And, and since then, I've had a few friends train and use that as their first 50K and, like, get in the top three. So I don't know if it's like a – when you've never done it, you don't know what you're getting yourself into, 
And then I went back the next year with all the, like with a little bit of confidence, like, oh, I've done this before and hadn't trained as much and totally blew up. And I think that that first one, I think a lot of people sometimes will have this like pretty out of body, incredible experience because they just don't know what they're getting into. And then once you do it once, it's like suddenly every race after is a little bit harder because you know it's coming, you know, that ignorance is bliss thing. So anyway, that was definitely a, a catalyst to just starting to, I've done a few more 50 Ks. I did a 50 miler, um, and just having interest in doing longer, longer, either just hikes through the whites, um, and just knowing that my body can do it. And also really the best part is just being able to appreciate like how far you can go on foot like that's the coolest part like you know it's pretty incredible that we can travel that far and and so that and then just the backcountry skiing I don't know if this is where you're going next but well no go I talking on the on the running is that the beauty of it is that anyone can do it anyone can do it (laughs) anyone can do it and you read books about Mm -hmm. you read books like born to run Mm -hmm. Scott Jarek's book, um, his memoir, and just it just makes you feel that it's you have this unknown ability in you, mm-hmm. and you want to know what where those limits are, but you right. have no clue. When we started running, we just didn't know, but we I knew I read about all these ultras, I read about Hard Rock, I read about Leadville, I read about UTMB before I even ran a half marathon, right. like way before that. So it was really intriguing to hear but like read these in these stories but in the back of my my mind I was thinking I was always thinking oh maybe some point but I don't know I'm not sure like where where that comes into play Mm -hmm. but what's fun is watching watching never ever you know people get into Mm -hmm. it and realize that like running is not this yeah running had this um I mean that was us we had never done anything like that but running also had this you know you're sort of categorized as a runner and or you're not and I just felt like I a lot of us just jog or or do something but never realize our capability so that's the Mm -hmm. exciting part is when you read stories or hear about these ultras it's like what could I do Mm -hmm. and that's the exciting part is like all these improvements and like you said when you do these events for the first time, sometimes your mind just wills you to the mm-hmm. finish and then through pain and through unknown pain um, to the point of it's not possible to do it again. again your mind right. won't let you do it again because it knows how bad it was or how much right. how much things hurt or maybe you just don't have that drive because you're not going to beat your performance from another year. It's it's but really it's really fascinating how that all how that can work for you or against you the next year I went back and I remember like it was the first hill and I was like first climb and I was like wow this is harder than I remember it being and I kept having that over and over in my head and it's it was a few factors I wasn't as trained as I'd been the summer before but and it was really hot and but it was definitely that mental component was taking over and and it's like I already knew but that was an incredible learning experience. Like, what is it, Christy Mole? What did she say? You can't fake fit. And uh, and I took that, and I was like, all right, well, I don't want to make that mistake again. So if I'm going to enter a race, you know, you want to be able to, 
you know, whether you're treating it as a training run or go into it and like execute and, and try and, you know, be strong the whole time. Yeah. So. You want to build, you want to build throughout the race or, or maintain, you never want to just dive off. Mm-hmm. It's always difficult and it could be a, a tough lesson to learn, but um, we've seen it. I've seen it. We've all experienced it where we go out too, too hard or too mm-hmm. fast, or we think we're fitter than we are. But, um, there's a lot of, um, it's been, it's like I said, it's been fun watching others get into the sport from all levels, all abilities, and just know that we all have something to tap into. Mm-hmm. But, and that leads us, I mean, sort of into the skiing, skiing world that marries some of the endurance from running in the mountains, but we mm-hmm. get to ski down, right? which is lots of fun. And when you talked about when we moved here, we didn't know much about the community, who was here, who who to link up with. And that sort of led us to like do our own thing in a way. But we worked with Granite Backcountry a bunch as Granite Backcountry started from just a concept, an idea. And that, um, that's been a new way you've challenged yourself is in the backcountry. Oh, and yeah. you've done it through like your individual pursuits of challenging yourself and skiing the steeper lines mm-hmm. that still get you nervous. Mm-hmm. And then, but also bringing others in along the way through your retreats. Right. So talk about how someone as good of a skier as you comfortable on skis can still get, get nervous in, in our terrain in our little white mountains, but then like, and then how you've kind of managed that. And then these retreats that you've had where you're, bringing other people and, and, and letting them sort of into your world where you love to spend a lot of your time. Yeah. So I think there've been a few factors like, you know, going up and skiing up in tucks or sluice or any, really any of that steep terrain up there. I think I get into my own head cause I, and I, well, I think what is intimidating, which I think is intimidating for everyone up there is just that, it's so, it's so different and sort of unknown, like every time you ski it essentially, right? Like the conditions are so variable and I've had a few times, like I'm, I'm not a rock climber. I always say I need to do more of it so I can work on heights, you know, and get more comfortable at heights. But I've definitely had a few moments, you know, booting up shoe in the middle of the winter when it's pretty firm and, and I get, you get kind of freaked out and, I think I've had a few times skiing down where, and I'm sure everyone has up there, but that wind slab can be punchy and, and it's, it's finding that line of comfort of trusting in your ability, but then also understanding that there is this like risk level that you don't know exactly, right? Like exactly what's coming. And I, maybe I overthink it a little bit. I get into my head. Um, but I've had, there are some of those days where you can go up there and you can just ski smooth, you know, kind of like beautiful turns and it feels amazing and, and not that hard. And then you can go up other days and you can get a sense probably if you're booting up what, what you're getting into, but, um, other days where, you know, you get down and it's not pretty, but it was like, you, I'm sure you, you know, you learn something from whatever that day brought, whether it's like, um, really beat wind slab or if you know there's been a you know it slid and so you get that really hard kind of um, slippery um, snow underneath it and you're dealing with that Um, and so yeah I mean I I go up there at the beginning every year and I get a little nervous 
but I think that's good. I think that keeps me, um, you know, keeps it interesting and you always have to be a little, you have to, you know, I think it really makes me respect it, but, um, I remind myself, you know, like you've got, you know, you've got some good basics and you can, and you can get down. And so, but you're getting more and more comfortable right. the more you do it. Right. Totally. And I, and, and I it think takes I, you I have been in my less, head. It takes you less time to get into it like right. and to feel that comfort level again. And I think it like, you know, my initially it was like my ego getting in my way because I wanted to get down and, and like rip it, you know, and, and make it and just like make great, strong, beautiful turns. And because that's kind of all I knew coming into it and so you know you have to learn that you know it's not always pretty it's not great like you sometimes side slip sometimes you're doing hop turns and and so I think that personally was a little bit of like a a hurdle for me and and also just thinking about it and like it's it's different than being on alpine race gear (laughs) very very different and I'll be yeah and I'll be it's, it's a completely different setup and, but yeah, I definitely, it was a bigger transition than I was expecting. Um, but it's been really rewarding to, to experience like new challenges on skis. And so, um, Andrew was referencing our retreats and my friend Lindsay and I started these backcountry bliss retreats a couple of years ago, just out of wanting to create this wonderful, experience it's just women but also taking people up onto mount washington we never went into avalanche trains we were never up in like the you know in the steep stuff but um just really opening up and being honest about like where you know where where your head has to be at to ski down and you know you're skiing down the black mountain ski trail or you know Gulf of Slides and again it's like not pretty it's fun it's a challenge it's an adventure and it's been really cool to see you know people grow and and change from the first day to the second day and their confidence and and watching each other and you know I try and give like pointers on going up and coming down but um it's been really neat and then so many of the women that have come to those retreats have become friends and so it's really neat to see them out in the community up here sometimes we'll all try and get together and do things and and that's probably been the best part of it is is the like emotional like friendship connection that that I wasn't even really thinking about when we created it and that's kind of just taken off and so many people so so many of them participate in Granite Backcountry and it's pretty cool you definitely you've definitely met um a lot of great people through that mm-hmm. and it's you that's kind of a represents the the skiing community at large is that you spend time intimate time out in the wilderness mm-hmm. with other people you create this bond it might be some challenging conditions to bond over or it might be like incredibly fun like right. best ski days of your life and it doesn't matter either either way those experiences are important and they definitely bridge the community the more people you you spend with now switching switching gears a little bit to um you you were managing you're doing all this while you're working a full-time job mm-hmm. as a PT for a clinic and recently you've gone out on your own explain that transition of what you maybe like talk a little bit about what you expected when you got a real job out of school right. and then what that really looked like and then 
how you ended up here. Like at, you're in Jackson with your own PT clinic, you're a coach, you do um, these group runs and all these extracurricular activities. How did that, how did you make that jump? And, and I guess provide a little more, talk a little bit about more what you do. So, yeah, I mean, I had worked really briefly in San Diego and then through a friend, it was just sort of fortuitous that Lindsay happened to be out on the West Coast and I met her for the first time and she was is a physical therapist and um, worked at Mountain Center in Conway. Her mom owns the owns the practice and so I came back here for the holidays and I came up here and I checked out Mountain Center and just immediately felt like at home there, you know, it was a, it's a private outpatient um, PT practice and, but really held pretty high standards and values for like quality of care. And they were holding on to this sort of like dying breed of like hour long evals and one-on-one treatments just because of how everything has been changing with insurance. And so, um, and I really just really love their whole mission of, you know, treat the patient, which you always hear, but was like truly like treat the patient. Don't worry so much about all the numbers, right? Like it's more about the person. And so I think that was a great environment for me to really have my first full-time job and be able to take time and, and really start to understand how important it is just to talk to people and teach them about their bodies and not worry so, so much about like strength numbers and, and range of motion, because at the end of the day, people want to just be able to go do things. They're not worried so much about how much their knee flexes. And so I think through that mentality, um, and then also through my own experiences, becoming an ultra runner and getting into this more like uphill backcountry skiing community, I just started, I started powder hour, which was a evening fall conditioning class. I'd never taught a class like that before. And I just pulled from what I'd learned from PT school and on all my experiences from ski racing. And that was really fun and worked in and created a little community. And then I did the same thing that spring called run strong, same idea, like get strong before you go run, you know, get really strong before you get into your running season. So you don't get hurt. And so that those concepts of preventative care and injury prevention was sort of the catalyst to how I sort of started, I feel like to approach my physical therapy care. Um, and, and just really became really passionate about teaching people. It doesn't, you don't have to be an athlete. You can be anyone who's curious about like how their body works. But I found that if I could teach people the whys and hows their body moved and then in relation to like what they do in their everyday life then it gave them this power to be able to like self assess self-care and have an ability to to be aware of their body because no like no one pays attention to their body right until you get hurt and then you're just fighting this like fighting back up the river and you know that worked great with you know 80 year old patients you know just giving them a little bit of like self um, efficacy was, you know, empowering and then with runners and, and then skiers. And so, um, I feel like that's become sort of my like mission 
and you know I run running like down the sporting athletic end of things like injury prevention clinics and 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 so that's trying to figure out my segue here um so basically that created these little sub communities within the valley but then that in addition to everything that I was involved with with ski the whites and run the whites and that community and then just with how like social media is and having just my own like kind of athlete kind of awareness and branding you know, I'd have friends that ran small businesses. I had this one friend, Jen, and she's always like, what are you doing with your branding for yourself? And I, I was never to the point until more recently where I started to appreciate, you know, and, and like embrace that sort of role model that I'd become as an athlete. And then that is totally coupled in with what I'm doing as a PT. Um, and so basically in the last six months, you know, it's been an insane six months in everyone's lives for many reasons, but it was a, you know, Andrew and I, the opportunity of Ski the Whites moving into this new space and having a space. And I just felt like it was like now or never to try to start kind of do my own thing. Um, and it's, it's like slightly different than your typical, outpatient clinic it's cash based which up here isn't done that often with physical therapy most of the clinics are people use their insurance and so that was something that I was nervous about in terms of like risk you know risky doing something different um but it's it allows not being tied to insurance does allow for a slightly different type of plans of care right so I've had I had someone email me yesterday and said I want to I'm in my 50s my knees are getting sore. You know, I want to be able to keep running and hiking and skiing. I want to come in and get an eval for a baseline. And then I want to come in once every four months just to like stay motivated, keep tabs on how my body's changing so I can keep doing what I'm doing. And I thought that was, that was, it, made, it was so exciting because that type of care and model is something that I think we should all be doing. <laughs> um, like, you know, you should go to your PT like a dentist because we can help through just some education and awareness of you and your environment. You can prevent so many repetitive use injuries and everything's through postural, you know, postural awareness. And so I think there are some of like sort of unique ways of treating that really are aligned with like a cash-based practice. So and then I also treat like, you know, any typical, I treat like a typical PT as well. So it's not just that, but it, this is allowing a slightly different model. And that's been really exciting because it's totally aligned with how I love to work with people. Um, and then I took my powder hour run strong online, which has been fun. And so that's created an even larger community. And it's been really neat to, you know, get to know these people a little bit online they always send me their weekly elevation stats because I have this challenge where if you go hiking or skinning you accumulate elevation because that's a great way it's called the elevation challenge it's a great way to train for skiing um, hiking and it's just been really satisfying and really neat to to bring a lot of these people together um so and then coaching i 
lot of people for the last two years have been asking me if I could be their coach and I've never been coached and I didn't know much about coaching. And so my friend, Sarah Kyes, who's an ultra runner and coach, started working with me last year. And then I had this one gentleman who was like very persistent. He's like, I want you to be my coach. And I said, Oh, I don't coach. He's like, no, I just love your style. I don't care if you've never done it before, but I want you to coach me. And so that was a really cool catalyst to getting into that world and, you know, learning, getting a little bit more in depth into learning about the physiology behind ultra running and, you know, taking all these things that I, you know, back when I was on the US ski team, we'd get our heart rate, our lactate heart rate levels, our threshold heart rate levels a few times a year. And then that's how all of our workouts were dictated, heart rate zones. And then I forgot about it for a while. And then I went to PT school and you learn all about sports physiology and you're like, oh, wow, that's why we did all that. And then now bringing it back and like being a coach and and understanding all those concepts is pretty cool. So there have been so many of these bizarre parallels from things I experienced and learned as a ski racer and then combine them with knowledge and experiences in PT school. And then now, I don't know, it's like it's neat. It's like this, like, like I was telling you when we were walking the other night, it's like, I feel like so many, there's so many aspects of my life that I've had to experience that have come together to create this opportunity to try to start my own business and, and do my own thing. And if you'd try to do this earlier in your life, you wouldn't have right. as much experience or knowledge to do it. It's like you had to go through and, and go through the motions to mm-hmm. realize and, and the thing is like you're in the moment you don't realize necessarily that you're building all these right. this whole these, sk- this, right. the skills along the way and you mm-hmm. you might not have wanted to be doing necessarily what you're doing like when you started practice as a PT right. you're treating patients you're like oh maybe you only want thought you were going to treat athletes or more athletic people but then you're treating not like pretty sedentary people and people of all different walks of life and taking you know you're still learning mm-hmm. you may be learning what you don't want to be doing Right. Too. Right. And but to not realize that everything that you've built along the way or absorbed along the way mm-hmm. to to apply that to your own practice, it's it's pretty fascinating. I think a lot of us do that where we right. just get in our heads and we don't have good perspective. You know, like mm-hmm. if you thought it took someone telling you like, no, you, what's stopping you from doing this? And right. you didn't have a good answer other than like me <laughs> well that it's a risk right you know maybe yeah. it's a risk that you're not 100 you don't know the outcome right you could fail right and that's i think a lot of a lot of us have that oh, appreh- definitely. apprehension of of doing something so it's always like always makes me think that you know if you have if you don't give yourself a chance like you'll never right you'll never do it and, and that that cliche whatever you know saying is it's so true it's so true it's like if it doesn't work out like have enough confidence in yourself that you'll get back up and you'll figure something if it out. doesn't work out right and it's like it's like when I, I like I've been saying like when I gave myself my personal like green light to like really actually take the steps to to make this happen it's it's like immediately felt right and I feel like I already knew so many of the answers that I needed to answer because I have been thinking about it and I just didn't even realize I was thinking about it. Um, and then I just want to give you a lot of credit in that I've watched you create Ski the Whites from like, 
like passion you enjoyed doing skiing and hike you know and then hiking and trail running and through just passion and excitement and you know some good connections along the way and just everything for you is similarly like you know knowing Berkowitz with Fisher and then oh you know do you want to have this space at Black Mountain like all these little pieces did sort of come together to take already what you had created and make it like even more concrete and things have just slowly come along and I think that's been a very inspiring and and great teacher for me to see that like you you like believed in it you kept going and that perseverance and just being savvy and like working your butt off and and like taking chances and not really sometimes knowing what you're doing it all you know like whether it's like a straight line or very bumpy like it you get through it and you figure it out and you troubleshoot and and that like your your ability to like kind of see the big picture and do what you enjoy has been so like has been huge for me because I'm kind of I get in my head I have a hard time seeing you know seeing the big picture and you know everything you've done has inspired me but I didn't even realize how much I was absorbing from being along your side through all of this that it has allowed me to like understand kind of what I had to do to start my business yeah and I think a lot of people get to see your big picture that you don't realize right like for yeah, you <laughs> you're maybe in your head too much not realizing how much incredible stuff you've done along the way and not and, and be, now you're able to share that and I love how you treat you you know physical therapy isn't just this outpatient procedure thing it's something that we can all benefit from and I've benefited from I've done your run strong and I've done your powder hour classes and found tremendous success in that and so have tons of other people and that's been and that's something where you're offering a new perspective, a fresh perspective on what you do that only you can do because only you've been through all this stuff and are passionate in your own way to do it. And I think it's different. It's unique. And I think for anyone looking to just better themselves, like look, look, look at some of the stuff that Hillary's doing and look at, um, look at what gets you excited, you know, and how, we all do this. We all love the outdoors and we all love being healthy and, and strong and passionate. We all this connection. Mm-hmm. And if we don't make the most of it, like we're missing out. And that's what a lot of what you're doing is helping people not miss out. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think like this is a chance to give a little plug. Um, if you want to reach out to Hillary and, and be part of what she's got going on, and that can be everything from participating in your virtual powder hour. Mm-hmm. So this is all on hillarymccloy.com, correct? Yes. Yeah. So you got your virtual powder powder hour, and that's a multi-week course where you have exercises each week and talking about the elevation challenge, and it's, you have your own little group, right, on mm-hmm. Facebook or social media. Yeah. So it's you're sending out weekly newsletters, I'm sure, to your your class. So anyways, that's one thing that doesn't matter what your background is, you're going to benefit from, especially if you're listening to this. I mean, you're, you're probably a skier or a trail runner. Second is like, yeah, if you do have an, a, a long, some sort of injury, whether it's new or old, like do something about it. Don't mm-hmm. just let it own you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so many people um, just assume 
you know, if, if, if something's chronic, it's, it's like not going to go away, but you have to try and like keep learning. And, and I think not, I don't want us to come out, wrong, but like, I think sometimes people can go to a PT clinic that might be just like so busy and you're, you know, you're just one of many patients. And I think, um, you know, and that's not what I've experienced working at Mountain Center at all, but you know, if you work, if you live in like a city, you know, and, and things are crazy, sometimes a lot of people out here are like, oh, well, you know, I never really talked to my PT. And so just spending time and, and like I've spending time with patients and really getting to know their background and their history and, um, and giving them kind of ownership to take care of themselves has gone such a long way with so many different types of patients. And again, you don't have to be an athlete. Like I have a friend who waitress her whole life and just chronic posture, like neck, shoulder issues. And just, we basically kind of treated her whole body. We like kind of, but she was motivated and wanted to learn. And, um, you know, it's been work. You have to, you have to work to, to make these changes and, um, and it's gone really well. So it's not just like knee pain from running. It can be, it can be really anything. And so, you know, I love working with people who, are motivated and, and want to learn and, and make a change. And so, and that's what I've been, you know, I've only been open for a few weeks and I'm already getting people kind of seeking that care out. And that's been really neat. And then some people who have like, you know, have tendonitis and treating, you know, your, you know, pretty typical PT. So I don't know, it's been really exciting and it's been fun seeing kind of who walks through the door and, and who hears about it. And so, yeah. I'm open and coaching and co- last thing coaching. That's <laughs> just one more thing that you're doing, but you bring another, another look on that. As you're saying that you've your partner with Sarah Kais, who mm-hmm. is a professional ultra runner and she's been coaching for a while and you're bringing the PT side of right. things and your experience too. And so it's like you tapped into all these great resources. And so if anyone's looking for another, you know, it's like you have to met, match your coach too. You right. can't just have a coach and butt heads or right. like have See if we get along. Yeah, have these disagreements, but uh, have a coach that is sort of on your wavelength and mm-hmm. on your page, and and someone that um, it doesn't matter if you're just getting into running for the very first time or you're mm-hmm. established runner, having some sort of um, I guess sort of guidance and motivation. Yeah, and, and like yeah, like I have an athlete who has these like hiking goals, and another one who used you know hasn't been as active for years and it just wants to get back to being an athlete so you don't have to be yeah. like growing yeah. up i've harped on this races. a long time is that <laughs> you don't you know coaches are for all abilities yeah. all ages it's something we all can benefit from if you've got a sounding board and someone to look at what you're doing with a unbiased view mm-hmm. you know just just strictly by what you're doing but also just a sounding board or someone that you know coaches sometimes help you get through some stuff because mm-hmm. it's hard. Like it's really doing this hard. stuff is hard. We all mm-hmm. deal with it that have spent, spent enough time running or, or skiing where you sort of hit walls and ups and downs and having someone else from that's not tied into your life in many other ways. So like a lot of times you coach and that's your only interaction with them is on that kind of coaching level. And it gives them a chance to see it with you know fresh eyes and mm-hmm. help you get through it. So I've, yeah, I always talk about how awesome coaches are and they're such a good resource to have. So that's just one more ask, one more thing that you offer. And again, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I appreciate you sharing a little bit this other perspective on self-care and injury prevention, strength, mobility, you name it. It's like a recovery, injury recovery mm-hmm. and prevention. It's There's a lot there. Mm-hmm. So I hopefully a lot of you listeners can pick something, go harass Hillary about, get, get a free, ask her how to fix your calf or do something like that. She loves that one. But um, no, it's, it's impressive what you've done. Again, thanks for supporting me and my my little journey here at ski the whites and trying to find what my calling and and like my true passion was and however this turned out to be where it is right now but it's like on the other side of things it's been fun watching you tap into the same thing that makes you happy and and it's obviously you have a big reach and you've done great work here in the valley because people wouldn't be coming to you hillary if they didn't think (laughs) if they didn't hear good things if you had a bad reputation then you wouldn't have people knocking on the door at 8 a.m. So, um, yeah, that's it. Anything else you want to add? No, I mean, just that, you know, it's, I'm excited, you know, new adventure and this is chapter, chapter four. Next is the next chapter business owner. Um, but no, it's been, it's been so fun and yeah, as crazy as the world is right now, like it's fun trying to find, challenges and some of the bright spots and get distracted from the day-to-day that's overwhelming and pretty stressful sometimes so anyway be safe everybody you know make wear wear your mask so that we can all go skiing yeah we all this all comes back to having goals for this winter and 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 doing what you can do to meet those goals and so that's all about taking care of yourself taking care of others being healthy being yes. smart so all right well thank you for thank for, you. for joining for the longer extended mix here so again find mo- rambled on on. it's a lot but there's a lot to talk about so for more information go to hillarymccloy.com you can find her on instagram where else oh yeah i have a i have a new instagram for my work it's at h mccloy pt and then my personal one is at hillary mccloy that's hillary with one l and you're doing Monday, you're doing a little Monday uh, workshops. On, uh, I think Sunday nights. Uh, Sunday nights. I'm doing um, little Instagram live, just chats about really any topic. It, it, we've done posture, we've done recovery, we've done, um, you know, hiking with poles. So if anyone has anything that they want to learn about or have, you know, it's a it's live, so it's a one-way discussion, even though it feels like it's a two-way discussion, um, DM me or email me. Um, any topics you're interested in and then I just leave them all on my page so you can watch it anytime but that's actually been really fun and yeah hopefully uh, we have a lot of snow this winter great well thank you Hillary it's fun <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll spread you spread you in the podcast throughout the winter because we'll have some more questions from you great for you um, yeah thanks again thank you thank you